Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening to everyone. Welcome to our time this evening to close out what has been a great weekend considering David's statement that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's about our worth and our value. And I want to close it out tonight by us considering how do we live our worth. The text that was read earlier from Mark chapter 12 is about a story that you know very well. And it helps us to understand the concept of worth. The two coins that the widow placed in that treasury box had a value to them that was real. There have been all kinds of suppositions as to how much it was from less than a cent in our money or maybe a few cents. That's the actual value of the coins that she deposited. However, we also know that in the text, Jesus put what I would call a theological value on her gift. That is, a value that teaches something about God and our relationship to Him. Jesus said, though it was only two small coins... And though all of those others who put money in put in an abundance, a lot of money with real value that was far greater than the coins that she deposited, Jesus said her gift was far greater. It was worth more. It was more valuable when you think about spiritual things versus physical things. So tonight, join with me and let us think about living your worth. There was reference made all weekend, and Ralph did it again this morning, and I want us to consider it again tonight in this way. First, what is your worth? Well, there are only two possibilities by which to judge the real value of each one of us. One way of doing it is simply as a biological package. By a biological package, an organic thing, just a mass of material substance, what are you worth? I read today that in the 1950s, a scientist added up all of the chemicals and the approximate amount that would be in a human body, and he came up with the figure $1.78. I had heard $1.96. But in 2007, a more extensive study was done and I guess because of inflation, it went up to about $600. 
But I also read in another study, and I have these figures. If you have the outline in front of you, you will see them there. If you want to sell your body parts one at a time, for instance, what could you get for them? Well, I found that the study said corneas could be sold for $22,450. For an entire skeleton, $7,483. A pair of lungs, $273, not $273,980. $565,250 for a heart. $139,650 for a kidney. $139,320 for a liver. And various configurations of bones with ligaments, $4,788. Well, I guess maybe we are more valuable than some have thought. In fact, the illegal business of selling human parts is a $1.2 billion business. I guess that's what you're worth. In a physical sense, think about this. What if you had a, what if you were going to give a kidney to someone who was in need? One of our members did that. What should you do to make sure that that kidney could be used? What about if you were waiting for someone to provide a liver to you? What kind of lifestyle would you want that person to live? The, the physical value, the way we look at things in value, if it is simply biological, those are the things that we would consider. Those are the things that we would think about. If we are mere accidents, as he, Ralph, said, just the chance meeting that produced a life no different than every other form of life on the planet, then the value is based on the biological package that you are. But what is your value if the second way of considering it is used? That is, you are a planned designed package in the image of God. It seems to me that those are the only two possibilities. Either you are a mass of matter or you are made from the mind of God. The value is a lot different, isn't it? The value, if you are in the image of God, is found in John 3 and verse 16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
the value of a person from the mind of God created is seen in the fact that the life of Jesus, the Son of God, was given to purchase me and you. That changes the value, doesn't it? Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26. What is a man advantaged if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What did he say? The value of your life. What are you worth? Each individual person is worth more than would be the value of accumulating every part of the world in your possession. You're still more valuable than that because you have the image of God. My topic this weekend in the rally was to discuss the image of God and to understand the value that we have because of that image of God. Before I go farther, what is that image? Let's take a moment and consider what the image of God in us is. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, over the cattle and every creature that creeps on the face of the earth. Number one, to be in the image of God certainly means that we have dominion. That is, we're in charge. We have power. God placed mankind in charge of this planet. Of every other form of life, man is in charge. God, like he has power to control, gave us power to control. He gave us the ability with our minds to think about what to do and to control these things, to take care of them. Number two. Like God, we have free will. The text says, and God said, let us make man. That is, he made a choice. He made a decision. Was God forced into creating life? Was anyone or anything there that demanded he do so? Or did he, by free will choice, decide to create I believe he decided that. And he therefore gave us free will. That free will operates in how we control and the power and authority that we exercise over the creation that God made. Number three, to be made in the image of God means to have a draw to be with God. Adam and Eve in the garden, the text says, walked with God. We're not told exactly what that means. But it seems to me to carry the idea that there was such a close relationship with them that they could be in His presence talking and conversing and being with God. What would you think of parents 
who said, let us have a child. We want to have a child. And they do that, and then they refuse to do anything to create a relationship. They refuse to do anything to have that child bond with them. What would you think of those parents? You would say they are abnormal. That's not right. They should be punished. God, when he made Adam and Eve, when he made mankind created within each one of them this spark, this desire for something outside of themselves. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11 says that God has put eternity in their hearts. Every atheist, regardless of what he teaches or preaches, has a view of something outside of himself. All evolutionary thought is proposed as a way of saying this is how we came to be. Why is it that you think we even spend all the billions of dollars that we do going into space? Because man is curious, curious about the unknown. And one of those unknowns, where did we originate? It is that draw to something outside of ourselves that is a part of the image of God. And finally, fourth, there is the emotional nature. In that creation, God said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And then on the last day, he said, it is very good. God is emotional. God has feeling. God has connection in an emotional way. We have emotions that connect us even more deeply to the control that we are supposed to have, the free choice we're supposed to give, and the draw to be with God. All of that together certainly is included in the image of God. And all of that together helps us understand what our worth is if we are more than a simple biological package. If we are a spiritual package in a biological package, now our worth is more than the sum total of the material universe. Go back to those things that we talked about, the values of the parts of the body. What is it that makes them so valuable? It's life. The worth of anything is determined mostly by what someone is willing to pay for it. You can have a vehicle that the Kelly Blue Book says is this valuable. Here's the number. But if you can't find anybody who would buy that vehicle for that number, then it's not its real value. Its real value is what someone is willing to pay. And it is life in the organs of the body that is so valuable. It is that life that we're paying for as we donate parts to people who still want to live or to have a better life. Life is what creates the value. So what are you worth? Well, there it is. But now, how do you live what you're worth? 
it seems to me, using the text of Mark chapter 12, that we get a spiritual value and a spiritual way to live our worth. And that is this, all in. All in. When that widow walked up to that box, I wonder how hesitatingly she paused before putting in the coins. We all remember the time, almost hard to remember, when we used to pass collection plates, right? And we know the story of the child who was going to put money in and didn't want to, and the parent had to shake it out of the child's hand. I don't think that widow was doing that. She was all in. All in. To think about what it means to live your worth. Will you consider with me 1 Corinthians chapter 15? And there are two passages that I want us to consider. Number one, to live your worth merely as a biological package means to live a prioritized life based on life that will die. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 in verse 32. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. 1 Corinthians 15 is the great resurrection chapter of the Bible. As we have been studying on Wednesday nights, this book answers questions that people have been asking in the Corinthian church. And apparently the question here seems to have been, did Jesus Christ really rise from the dead? And that's an important thing to consider. And Paul says, here's the deal. Here's what physical life is all about. Let us eat and drink and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Maybe you've seen movies that depict the games of the gladiators in the Roman Colosseum. And how that they would the night before when the games were going to be and they would have a grand party of eating and drinking and all kinds of things because, as they would say, this could be our last night on the earth. And therefore, they were going to do whatever they wanted to do to celebrate the last night because tomorrow we're going to go in the Colosseum and we're going to die. To live your worth as a mere biological package 
is to prioritize a life that is going to die. Everything that we have is going to fade away. Everything that we're involved with will cease. There is coming a day when all physical things and all time will cease to be. And all of that will end. But more particularly, there's going to come a day when you will die. When I will die. And if I'm living my worth as a biological package, I'm going to invest and prioritize the life that I have now to eat and drink and be merry because tomorrow we're going to die. And that is how I will live my worth if indeed that is my worth. But number two, in this same chapter... To live my worth that is based upon spiritual things, not physical things, is to emphasize and prioritize the life that has been raised. In verse 19, Paul made this very simple statement. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. In his statements about the resurrection, proving to these people that Jesus really had raised, been raised from the dead. And not only that, but it was necessary. And it was necessary that he rise because if not, all of life is vanity. And if I am living my worth on spiritual things, then I am emphasizing the life that has been resurrected. I am prioritizing the life we read about in Scripture. I prioritize the life of Jesus. Now, it's not about my life in this world. It's about His life in me for the world that is to come. So, how am I going to know how can I judge myself on how I am living my worth? Well, whether I am involved in a life emphasizing the life that is going to die as a biological package, or if I'm going to emphasize the life that has been resurrected as a spiritual life through Jesus Christ, the same Things need to be considered. Go back to our text in Mark chapter 12. And I want you to see what's going on in that text. These are the things that will help me 
evaluate how I am living my worth. Which of these am I doing? Number one, I will be living my worth based upon what I have and my relationship to it. This widow was a poor widow. And there is no statement here that she begrudged that, that she was upset about that. There is no statement here that being a widowed lady who was poor, that she had somehow failed in life and that she was taking it out on anything. No, she understood what she had. And she had a good relationship with what she had. Number two, it'll be determined on the relationship I have with what I give. Again, she was not hesitant in her gift. She was fully willing to give everything she had. What am I willing to give in my life? It will be seen by when I am in the giving process. Am I counting on the life that is going to die? Or the life Jesus that's already been resurrected? Am I giving based on a priority of the physical or a priority of the spiritual? That will be the determining factor. Number three, with this widowed lady, and so with us, it'll be determined by what I do When no one else is looking, do I prioritize a life that's going to die or the life, Jesus, who has already been resurrected? And the way I live when no one is looking, she had no idea that anybody was looking at her. But this is what she did. Number four, it will be determined by how I live when everybody's looking. She might not have known who was looking, but everybody was, and Jesus and the disciples were sitting there, and they were watching, and all of these other people around were involved in seeing what everybody was giving. Whether I am living merely as a biological package or a spiritual package in a biological package will be evident by how I live in front of people and everything that they see. Finally, think about this. Whether I live one life or the other will be determined by what am I willing to do in the presence of Jesus? No, she didn't know that Jesus was watching her necessarily, but he was. And if she did know that he was watching, would it have changed her any? I think not. Would it change us? If we had Jesus sitting physically in our presence, would it change what we're doing, what we say, what we have? 
what we give, where we go, would it change? How I live, what I do, with respect to knowing that Jesus is watching, will determine whether I am living my worth merely as a biological package or as a spiritual package in the image of God. To live your worth is to live the calling to the life that you really are. I had never considered this thought until this weekend, and I want to share it with you as we close. Back to that eternity in the heart. It is interesting to me that God portrays himself in human terms. His feet, his hands, his eyes, ears, nose, his mind, all about him, he talks in physical terms. And I thought about this this weekend while teaching this. We are made in the image of God, but it has nothing to do with our physical bodies. It has everything to do with our nature, our, who we are, what is our real essence that comes to us from God. It's the spiritual side, the side that's going to last. But God presents himself in physical terms. We don't have the ability to wrap our minds around a form that is merely spiritual. So God presents himself in a form that we can understand using human language. Here's the point. God in human language in an actual human form visited us so that we could identify with him and we would be drawn to him. That's the mystery and the value of the incarnation. God came near so that we would be drawn to Him and that we would live that high calling, our worth that we find in living up to the spiritual package within us put there by God to draw us to our real worth. Tonight, I hope we've all been challenged, I know I have been, to do a better job of living my worth. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're willing to help you with any needs spiritually and physically that you have. Let us help you. Tonight, as we always say, may God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us as we strive to live our real worth. Thank you for being with us tonight. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.